my question to you this morning is what will you do? What will you do? Have you found that something yet? And if you haven't, are you looking for it? Or if you haven't even thought about it, like there's some people out there probably like, I haven't even thought about that. But what is the thing that drives you, right? What is the thing that makes you wake up in the morning at six something or other in the morning to get ready for this class, right? What is the thing that drives you? Aside from like getting grades or whatever, what is the thing that drives you, right? I, I will tell you what drives me. Is a perfect example of something that happened to me yesterday because this, like, it defines who I am in my life. All right. So yesterday, uh, a a four-year-old child with autism came into the practice. Nonverbal autism. Um, these kids are interesting, uh, loving, very hard to handle if you don't know what you're doing. So, uh, and what we always do uh, in a lot of these cases is um, I have the uh, the mom uh, or the dad or caregiver, parent, um, guardian, come in uh, to the office without the child so that we can sit there without distractions and ask them questions and stuff. So step one was the intern, because I usually have three or four interns on every quarter. Step one is having an intern come in uh, with, uh, the, in this case, the mom, sit down and talk with her for a bit, just get a case history, etc., without any distractions. Then I went in after she came out and told me what was uh, happening and the different scenarios that were going on and re- rationales and, and diagnosis and et cetera. Um, and uh, she told me what's going on. And I went in and I spoke to the mom a little bit just to clarify things, just to get more information. You know, I thought the intern did a fabulous job, uh, but there's just a few things I wanted to know a little bit more um, in terms of, you know, uh, what sort of things that they've already done and were there any interventions uh, that they've done? And uh, was, it, was it anything that they think might have been um, like sort of like a triggering sort of thing? These sort of questions. Um, so I, we asked those. And then we said, okay, so now have, bring the child in. Um, you know, have the, your spouse bring the child in. So uh, they made a mistake though, all right? He was sleeping in the car. And here's just the thing that I've learned over the years is that um, when a kid is sleeping, it's better to let them sleep. Uh, and, um, you know, it would have been better to say, hey, could we just like, you know, bring him in in a half hour when he wakes up on his own and he's happy, right? But uh, they didn't ask me that and we, that didn't happen. So he was hysterical. When he got into the office, he walked in just hysterical because, you know, you wake a kid up from a nap, especially a child with autism, it's, there's usually not a happy sight. Um, so, and, and, uh, this is especially, uh, uh, important when you're dealing with kids, uh, on the spectrum who are nonverbal because you can't reason with them. You can't say everything's fine. Here, have some, have a cookie, whatever. They're just like, right. So he's screaming, screaming, screaming. So, um, they go in the back and I said to the intern who was working with them, uh, who has a lot of experience with kids like this. I said, you stay in the room, see if you can kind of play with them a little bit, see if you calm down, no calming the kid down. So let me ask you the question. What did we decide to do with this child? Like, where did I actually do the exam? Because I wanted to do an exam with him, but with him pitching a fit like that, there was no doing an exam in that room. So what did I decide to do? Which to me is, is like defining for me of that something. What do you think I did? I'm asking you that question. What do you think I did? So, so there's one particular thing that, that you could do, especially, uh, you know, in on a nice day, um, 
What do you think I did? Did you go outside? Excellent. Excellent. That's exactly what I did. I went outside. I said, you know what? Let's go outside. She's like, huh? I said, let's do the exam outside. And the mom's like, uh, it's a little cold out. Yeah, it is. Let's go outside. Let's go outside. It's beautiful out. Right? Sun's shining. He goes outside. He starts to calm down a little bit. Right? Sometimes that's a, a trick uh, that you need to learn when you're dealing with special needs kids or even like babies. Uh, you got a baby that comes into your practice and the baby's pitching a fit because of whatever reason. Just um, Usually I say one or two things. Either A, nurse the baby if you can calm the baby down that way. Or B, if that's not helping, then go, go outside. Take a little walk around. And sometimes just fresh air just kind of wakes kids up, turns, ch- changes them from being in the closed office to being in, in the out, great outdoors. Uh, and it was a beautiful day yesterday, so why not? So we went outside. And, I, uh, and when you're dealing with it, like, here's the deal, guys. You don't need a whole lot of stuff, like things, right? When you're, dealing, when you're, you're checking kids, you're not using things. You know, you're not using all these tools. You're using your hands and your brain, right, to do your assessment. So he's outside, and I'm checking his spine, and I'm doing reflexes, putting reflexes with him. I'm checking his eyes. I have an app on my phone that helps check eyes, and I use a, a reflex hammer to check his reflexes and stuff. And that's all I really need is my phone and and um, a reflex hammer and my intern who's taking my notes, right? So I'm saying this is positive, that's positive, this I this, this I that. You know, those are the, and this is, but like this was like, and she's like, thank you, thank you. And this is what she said to me. She said, I'm so sorry to inconvenience you like this. And I put my hand on her shoulder and I said. There's nothing to be sorry about. She said, but he's, he was so upset and you're outside. Listen, I've been doing this for years. This is what I do. I teach around the world on how to take care of kids. I teach for the ICPA. This is my, my talk is about how to take care of kids on the spectrum, right? So for 12 hours, I'm talking about, so this is, this is easy. This is what I do, right? This is what I do. So there's no reason to apologize. She said, you've been so kind and so understanding. I said, it's totally fine. And you know what we're going to do? I could not get the whole exam done because you could see he was starting to get a little, like, uh, starting to, he's starting to, uh, you could see the upsetness was coming. It was like bubbling up. You can see that in the kids. It's like, you can see the upsetness and they start to make noises and whatever. It's coming, right? So he said, you know what? We're going to stop right now and we're going to finish the exam next week when you get here. And she said, thank you so much. I said, you know, this is just how we do it, right? Um, and the dad was there too and he sees, you know, everything, what we're doing. And the, this is called building rapport, right? Rapport. Building rapport means like, what I, here's what I want that little boy to think in his head. Because he's still thinking. He may not be able to talk, but he's thinking. Um, and he's probably thinking with, with words. He just, he just can't get them out yet. Uh, <clears throat> that's going to change. Uh, we saw a kid a few weeks ago. Um, actually, a few months ago when he first started. We did his re-exam a few weeks ago. And he went from zero words, three-year-old a child with autism, from zero words to 47 words in, in like six weeks' time, right? So I just know it's, anything is possible. Um, neuroplasticity is amazing. The brain is an amazing thing. So what we did with this boy, it is amazing, Shelley. Um, what we did with this boy is we said to, to him, essentially, in his brain, I said, I know that you're not happy. And I'm not going to do something that you don't like. And we're going to take our time. And when you're ready, then I'm ready. Right? But you be ready first. So that's why we didn't, like, you know, you could have, and I've seen this before, right? And I've heard about this before from other interns 
or other students who are interns in other offices that they hold kids down to examine them, they hold kids down to adjust them, and even though they're screaming and pitching fit, you know, I just don't want that. Because what's gonna happen the next time, right? Next time, a kid's not gonna wanna come into my office, right? Like, here's, a, here's an important question. How much does a kid weigh when he does, or she or they do not wanna do something? They weigh about a thousand pounds, right? Because if they don't want to do something, they will just go and they will like attach themselves to their car seat and you can't pry them out with a crowbar. Um, so I think that's important to understand. You want to build rapport. I want this kid to say, I love this doc. I love this office. I want him to look at my office like his little friend who comes in who's also on the spectrum. I want him to come running in, right? And just be gleeful and happy. Right, where ninety-nine percent of the kids on the spectrum who are, who started off nonverbal, that's how they come in. They come in happy because they know that I love them. They know that I care about them, and they know that I get them. They know that my goal is to build rapport with this child so that I trust them and I will wait until they're ready to do anything. Right, there are a lot of children on the spectrum that I take care of that have yet to lie face down on a bench. Do you get that? Just because there's a bench in the room doesn't mean they have to lie on it, right? They'll sit by themselves, they'll sit on mommy. I got one boy, he's, he's um, kind of got a rare form of autism, uh, but he's a teenager and it took us over a year before he actually lied face down, over a year. I started adjusting him seated by himself in a chair <clears throat> with his mom next to him. And slowly over time, we have shifted him. So from sitting in the chair to sitting on the bench, from sitting on the bench to <clears throat> like kneeling on the bench on his knees, right? So that he's closer to actually lying down. And then eventually we just got him to lie face down and now that's what he does. He comes walking and he lies face down, right? So that is to me, like what are the, what are the words? What are the I will? What's my I will? Is taking care of kids, especially kids on the spectrum. That is my, that's something, right? And what I want you guys to think about is what is your that something, right? What, what, what will you do, right? And I, I don't expect all of you guys to be interested in pediatrics, right? It's very unlikely that all of you be interested in pediatrics. Um, and that's fine. <clears throat> uh, but what I do know a hundred percent is every one of you has a calling for something, whether it's kids on the spectrum or it's geriatrics, right? Or it's sports or it's orthopedics or it's x-ray or something, you know, there's something in chiropractic that is calling you. And the way you know it, here's how you know it, okay? The way you know it is, as an example, I'm talking about this right now and you feel something You're like, whoa, like, that feels good to know that a chiropractor can help a child on the spectrum, right? Or you're in a lecture with someone talking about sports and you're like, wow, I want to adjust that Olympic athlete or that pro wrestler or that NFL football player, right? You go, ooh, and you feel it. You get this visceral feeling in your, in your gut, in your lungs, because that's how I feel it. I feel something. It starts with my brain and it tingles down. And when I get a tingling like that, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's it, right? And for me, it's kids on the spectrum, especially. I love all kids. I love babies. I love pregnant mamas. But those kids on the spectrum, there's a connection that I have that and I don't know where it came from, 
but I know I know it's there, right? And you will figure this out. And you don't have to figure it out by the time you graduate. There's no like requirement. But I want you to kind of just start thinking about it. Well, all the classes that you're taking now, right? And all the seminars you might be taking, all the books you're reading, think about the things that make you that make you feel something, right? Right? Whether you're listening to it, you're reading it, you're you're on the phone, you know, listening to it or watching it, and it's like that makes me like I am more interested in that. I want to focus on that because I'm telling you the the most focused practices are the ones that win. I've seen it over the years. If you want to be a generalist, right, you're not going to attract you can't attract everything. Right? Even though everything comes into my doors, right? So we have adults and seniors and blah blah, blah although not many seniors anymore. <coughs> I actually refer most of my seniors out um unless they're they're direct referral from like like we just took on some seniors that were uh, the mom and dad of one of my great patients, so I was going to take care of them. But otherwise, I'd send them all out. Uh, I like kids. Um, so um, the you're going to find that calling, and I want you to latch onto it. I want you to start studying it and seeing if it resonates with you. And hey, it may not be. You know, you might take a, a false turn. That's okay. You'll learn something. But I, that's what I want you guys to do. It, this quarter especially is two things I want you to really to do. Number one is read these green books that I provided for you guys for free, four green books, download them. If you haven't downloaded them, please do. Number two is see if there's something that resonates with you, whether it's pediatrics or geriatrics or sports or x-ray or whatever it is. See if find something that resonates with you in chiropractic and start to really focus on it because I think that will really make you feel good about going to class when you have a mission. You're not just doing it for a grade and doing it because you have to and doing it because you have to pass a board or whatever, uh, or an OSCE. You're doing it because like this is something, like this is my calling, right? And when you have a calling, then it's much easier than if you just have a job, right? If you have a job, you're just making a living, right? If you, if you have a calling, you have a life. You design a life, okay?